This is Big Dreams, Bold Moves, the podcast inspiring families like yours to discover endless possibilities for living abroad, because life is too short to settle. I'm Malia, and I will be your host as we travel around the world speaking with experienced expats and experts. We're going to learn how to get visas, make money, and find jobs abroad. We'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what everyday life with kids is really like in different countries and get you the answers you need to go from daydreaming to international move-making. Now, let's get on our way. Well, hello! In our last episode, we were in tropical Thailand. I decided while we were in Southeast Asia, why don't we pop by Bali today and talk with my friend Elisa about her family's experience moving from Sydney to Bali for a six-month extended family holiday. I want to know all the nitty-gritty details, and I bet you do too. I want to know how they found housing, how they got visas, how they've paid for this, how much has it cost, all the things. But I will warn you, that the sound quality on this interview in the first few minutes is not amazing. There's some sort of annoying static I couldn't figure out how to remove. But bear with it because it does go away after a few minutes and that's when the interview just gets better and better. Okay, without any further ado, please meet Elisa. Elisa, welcome to Big Dreams, Bold Moves. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad you finally... uh, we finally are making time to do this interview because I've been wanting to interview about it ever since you first told me about this plan you had. Yeah, I'm so glad we've eventually been able to get around to it. Yeah. And um, how long have you been in Bali now? Um, so it's pretty much six months now. And it's, it's wow, it's raced by. It's gone so fast. Really? And uh, you, come, you came to Bali from Sydney. What was your life like in Sydney before you moved? Look, it was pretty, you know, run of the mill every day, sort of nothing super exciting. I haven't really worked for a few years, so I've been a stay-at-home mum, and that's coming on to about four years now. Um, I mean, look, life is great in Sydney. We love Sydney. Sydney will always be our forever home. Um, We have good friends there. The lifestyle's great. Um, we love living near the beach. The weather's beautiful. It's just a beautiful country and life, life was good, but you know, we, we like to travel, you know, we always have that urge for wanderlust and especially me and for us, it going on holidays and exploring the world is a big thing. It's a really important thing for us to do for, you know, with our children and, um, doing experiences with our children is a really big thing for us. So yeah, life, life was good in Sydney, but being able to have special experiences with our children is is even better. And you had been to Bali uh, as a family of of at least a few times before this, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We went the first time when, uh, so my daughter would have been about six months. um, And so my son would have been about six. And that was the first time we went as a family and we went for one month and then we went again the next year for another month and prior to that Jay and I um my husband and I we had pretty much been to Bali every year um you know with the first time we came was for our honeymoon and that was you know about eight or nine years ago and then we pretty much visited you know every year just for a short holiday um, and we just really immediately loved it here. We loved the people, especially the locals, the Balinese people, just beautiful people, really down to earth, kind, caring people. And then a big thing as well is there's a very big surf culture and and my husband is big into his surf. And another factor for us, um, we have family in the UK. So it's just a really good meeting point for us, for us to come to Bali and then for them to come from England and, and meet us in the middle. And, it, and also everything, well, back then I would say five years ago, it was, it was cheap. The price was good and flying here was good. 
So yeah, we we're very familiar with Bali. Okay. And how did you decide um, that one month wasn't enough and that you wanted to come for longer the next time? I think, you know, after coming here for a few, few times over, over the years, eventually we just thought, well, I didn't, my husband thought, Hey, why don't we just like do a big stint here? And at that time, when that first thought of living in Bali came up, you know, I just had, we just had our son and he was about four or five. And I, you know, immediately when you think of moving overseas, you know, you have all these questions running through your head. And I thought, yeah, it's a nice idea in, you know, theory. You know, it's like a nice little sort of dream to have. Is it something I would really follow through with? I don't know. And and it's not because it was Bali. I think for me it was because you're so comfortable where you were at that time in your life that uprooting your life seems like such a big deal. Um, But, yeah, we, we... sort of discussed it and I sort of thought okay yeah but maybe maybe just for a few months like maybe three months because I then I feel like any more than that would get out of my you know that'd be out of my comfortability zone because I've done a month I could do three and then being away from my family and everything that I know in Sydney that was that's doable and then eventually it stretched further like Maybe we could do six months. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, slow down. And, but then, you know, that kind of grew on me. And I thought, okay, well, you know, let's, let's start with that. And then, and then eventually it was like, you know, it, it didn't really happen because life got in the way. And then eventually, you know, it was like, okay, well, now's the right time. And by then I had had my daughter and she's two now. And it just, it, the timing was right. And, and so, so we did. But we knew early on that, you know, we wanted to stay longer than a month at some point. Like give it a, a real good a try and, and have an, a long stint in Bali. So for this trip, was the plan six months then? Yes, it was always going to be six months. I think with a lot of places, it's always good to, before you completely dive in, not everyone has that opportunity or that chance to just sample the life first and see how you go you know do you settle is it really right for you look we we had been so many times that we knew it was going to be fine that we knew it was the right place for us the big thing with us is because the decision to come for six months was based on also not working so it was really based around spending quality family time and that that first six months was just to concentrate on that and that if we found everything was good and we were happy with it, then that we would come back and then look into also working at the same time. So this first trip was more like an extended holiday sort of to try it out. And then if you do want to come back, you'll make it more sustainable. Yes. Yes. And also for me, I'm, you know, I'm, Job-wise for both of us, our work is in Sydney and it's hard for my husband because uh, he has a business in Sydney. He has to put that on hold and it's not really work that he can, he can't really get a job over here or do work over here um, specifically because there's no industry here for it. Um, but for me, because I'm studying at the moment, um, I'm studying writing at the moment, um, I know that eventually, because it, that's such a, you know, it's a, it's a digital job. So, and, you know, Bali is a digital nomad's paradise. So I know that that is something that I can do while I am in Bali. Right. Or anywhere. Yeah. Well, anyway, exactly. <laughs> and so once you decided the time was right and you were going to make this first move for six months, what were the action steps you, you took? What did you type into Google? to get mm. going? Well, I think for me, for us, like I said, we've been many times. So we're actually really familiar with um, a lot of the areas. We had been to a lot of the different areas. I think the main thing for us was trying to um, find a home, which was going to be the hardest part because we did a little, and I'm sure a lot of people do this as well, 
we weren't able to go back to Bali and, and inspect the houses for ourselves. So we have to do everything online. So that was pretty much the first thing that we did because we needed to find out how much it was going to cost. Um, are there, you know, houses available where we wanted to live? Um, you know, and I think the next big thing as well was school. And I guess that kind of goes hand in hand because, you know, if you we already decided on where we were going to live. As I said, we we're familiar with all the areas, so we knew what area we wanted to live in. Um, it was just sort of finding our house and then which school and then how far away everything was from each other, like school as opposed to the house. Um, and we, we did, in the beginning, find a school and a house and they were so close to each other that in the end everything fell through and we ended up having to choose a different school and choose a house in a, an area that was a bit further away. But, but it all worked out. But there was a lot of research done on just finding a house and schooling. And so you did the schooling research and the housing research before you arrived. You had those two yes, things in place. Yeah. Which area are you in? So we li- we're living in Chenggu and specific Chenggu's obviously broken up into different areas, but we live in um, Brow Beach. Um, which is sort of like the very beginning of the Chenggu area. Okay. And there is a, is it an international school there? Yes, there are um, a few international schools here uh, in Chenggu specifically. Um, but in, in this area, you know, mainly around uh, even Denpasar, which is sort of the main city, and then even Seminyak there are some really well-known international schools. Um, and then Changu, like I said, where we live, there's a few here. So there is a lot of choice. So there, are, there was a lot of research that went into it. And obviously, you know, your children are sort of your number one priority. You want them to go somewhere that you know that they're going to be comfortable with and that you're happy with education-wise. And it's something that really you're not, you're not familiar with. For us, I mean, our children have never gone to a private school. Um, let alone international school. So um, doing all the research and getting con- con- contact with, with principals and teachers was like a big thing for us and just being able to chat to everyone and ask. I love to ask a million questions uh, to really put my mind at ease and, and, yeah. And how does your son like the international school there? He loves it, absolutely loves it. And, and so do we. Like as a family, um, it's just where he goes. It's it's a beautiful international school. What I love about it, it's so multicultural. Um, where we live in Australia, in Sydney, um, and we live in Sydney, Northern Beaches, it's very insular. It's, um, you know, it's very Anglo. Um, and it my son has this idea of everyone's just, you know, blonde hair, surfy dudes, you know, they're the friends he hangs out with at school. There's not really any sort of diversity, you know, um, and to have that at, at his school now is just beautiful. They speak so many different languages. He's learning a different language. I mean, Mainly, yes, we're in a different country and their main language is Bahasa and it's nice for him to learn that. But to be surrounded by, you know, children from other parts of the country and to learn about, you know, other parts of the world from these kids and, and be able to make friendships. And and the other thing about this school that I really like to set them apart from a lot of the other schools in the area is that they're a fully inclusive school. So they integrate children with disabilities um, and learning disabilities and um, autism, um, Down syndrome, and they have a real focus on uh, physical and emotional health. Um, So just integrating all that, I, I just, the main thing I see there is just being open and kind with one another and towards each other with the children at school. And it, it, that was for me, Education, yes, great. Um, academics are fantastic, but for him to be more of an understanding, kind, open person, have his eyes opened up to a bigger world than just where we come from on the northern beaches in Sydney was amazing, amazing experience. And he he really was open to that and just loved it and, en- and has enjoyed every minute of it there. 
That is so beautiful. Yeah. And when you were doing your research on all these different schools, what was the price range that you were finding for tuition? So for international school, you're looking at about between ten to twenty thousand dollars a year. So more at the, I was looking at one of the schools, which is like a really well-known school. Um, it's quite expensive. It's really well established, and that was going to cost about twenty thousand dollars a year. Australia. So yeah. So obviously we're here for six months. So I was looking at it would have been half that, so ten thousand dollars for six months. Um, which was a really good school, really well known, and that was was actually the first one that we had settled on. Um, but the uh, visa application, you actually had to apply for a student visa to be able to go to that school, and I didn't even realize that that was something that you you would have to do um, because we were on a different kind of visa. So. Um, my son would have had to apply for a student visa, and then that adds, you know, maybe another two to three thousand dollars on top of that. Um, and then when I looked at this other school that a friend had actually, um, they says, suggested to me, they said they knew about this school that didn't you didn't have to apply for a student visa. So I don't actually think that is something that you have to do for every international school here. So that was good. That's how I found out about this other school, and that actually only cost me. Five thousand dollars for the six months, so it would be ten thousand um, dollars. And I look, I'm you know, yeah, it's it's half the price. But I, you know, now that I'm here and I know about the the different schools, I'm just so glad that we picked the one that we did because as soon as we got here, the first thing we did was go and check out this school, and it was amazing. And um, like I said, fully inclusive school, and it it is a bit of a newer school. Um, but it's, you know, uh, a beautiful school and academically it didn't do the you, the Australian curriculum, which I would have liked, and there are schools that do the Australian curriculum because obviously that's relative for, for us. They did the UK curriculum, but um, at the end of the day, I, don't know, I feel like it's, it's much of a muchness anyway and my son will be fine when he goes back to school in Australia. Right. And your daughter, she is, um, is she three now? Uh, almost three, yeah, in, in March. But, um, yeah, she's uh, turning three in March. And um, she, you're going to ask me about daycare, preschool, yeah? Yeah. She, she did, does go to preschool here. Um, now, with that, I really didn't know where to start. I did a lot of research and I just ended up going with the preschool that <laughs> This is going to sound so funny, but um, there's a few like <laughs> bloggers and um, I don't know what you call them, Instagram influencers and some like C-grade celebrities, um, Australian celebrities um, <laughs> that send their, their children to this preschool. So I thought, look, if it's good enough for them, <laughs> it's good enough for my daughter. <laughs> So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. And look, I, I did read a lot about it. It was very well recommended. And I, I actually, you know, a long time ago, I did work in the early childhood industry. So I'm very picky and I know exactly what to look out for. So, you know, I emailed them and I, I did look at it. Um, and childcare for this particular preschool or early childhood centre was half the price of, of what I would pay in Australia. So in Australia, it's ridiculous. You would pay like 120 to $180 a day, which is just disgusting. Um, here, you know, I'm paying about, about 60 to $70 a day, um, which is way better. It, it's still, I think, you know, quite pricey. Um, but for where, uh, she was, uh, going when we finally came and inspected it, I was just like, this place is amazing. It's, it's outdoors, you know, it's, it's centered around this main garden. And the big thing for me as well is ratios. Even with my son's school, um, the big thing here is ratios. You know, if you're in Australia, they have like 30 kids in, in one in one classroom 
Um, and if you're in primary school, that's one teacher to 30 kids, to 25 to 30 kids. And then in, in um, like preschool or early um, learning centres, um, you have about like you can have 30 kids with like two or three teachers, which I just think is, you know, how, I don't know. Your, te- your kids don't, aren't always getting the attention that they need. Um, so that was the great thing about, and I think that is obviously if you're paying that sort of money to go privately somewhere, that's a good thing about it. Um, and I did actually for uh, an, another childcare centre, I did look at it more locally run one, um, which was way cheaper. I think that was, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was even half that again or even less. And it, it had great reviews and everyone sung its praises but it was more like just um from what I could gather it was more just like a a a play drop-off center there wasn't any sort of early learning framework that they were following for the children um and which is fine because at that age it's all about play anyway but I I thought it was great with the one that she was going to this preschool that they followed the like a the Australian early learning uh, framework. And that's what you'll find here. Obviously, Bali is quite close to Australia. They do, with most of the schools, they're, they're following some kind of, you know, English curriculum. Okay. Good to know. So you have both kids going to school during the day. Uh, mm-hmm. And then <laughs> what does a typical day look like after that? What are you and your husband able to do? Ah, wow. Okay. Because we don't work, I study. So a lot of my time does, is taken up by, by studying, um, when the kids aren't around. Um, but you know, in between that, um, you know, yoga is fantastic in Bali. I love my yoga classes and we both go, um, and look, my husband loves to surf. It's one of the main reasons we're here. Surf two, three times a day. You know, um, another great thing, I mean, the, one of the main reasons we moved here too is because just amazing lifestyle. Yes, we have a great lifestyle in Sydney, but it's just so expensive to have a great lifestyle in Sydney, whereas here in Bali, you can do so much and it's, you know, not as expensive. Um, there's so many amazing cafes, so um, go out to a cafe, a nice restaurant for lunch, um, there's a lot of amazing beach clubs here where we just go and chill. Um, uh, there, the, especially where we live in Changu, there's a massive like it's a very healthy sort of culture. So there's a lot of whole food cafes. There's a lot of gyms around here as well, um, and a lot of yoga studios. So we try and yeah, just maintain like a really healthy, relaxed lifestyle uh and yes without the kids oh my gosh that sounds like a vacation oh it's it's heaven it's great it's it's been wonderful um but you know we, you know we miss them too but we, we, it, the good thing is where we live especially in Chengdu there's a lot of things you can do as a family as well so it caters to families and 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 couples if, if you don't have kids but yeah there's a lot, lot of things to do if it's just mummy and daddy time as well. So six months in, would you say it is still paradise? Yes. Yes, I would. Definitely. Um, I think the main thing for us, though, is not working. And this is going to sound so bad, but, <laughs> um, you know, not working. And we sort, we're sort of doing the same things over and over again and look that happens anywhere um but we're kind of um getting over eating out all the time like I kind of miss just staying at home and cooking a meal and maybe just being a bit of a homebody um it's been wonderful eating out all the time it's you know you know price wise it's actually just as expensive um, to eat out as, you know, it's probably, it would be on par with, you know, if you were to cook at home, it probably costs about the same here. So we just eat out all the time because we spend a little bit more eating out, but honestly, it's so hot. 
and being in the kitchen when it's so hot is the last thing I want to do. So I'm actually just looking forward to doing like everyday things like cooking and just walking around the shops and yeah, as much as I love paradise, it's, um, I'm missing like some really old home comforts. (laughs) So do you feel like if you, that you could make this a sustainable thing where you could live in Bali full time or do you feel like six months is a, a good amount of time for you? I, I think, look, there's a lot of people here that we've met and obviously there's a massive expat community here and we've met so many people and, um, actually not really any Australians, um, a lot of people from Europe and, and actually more Nordic people. Um, but they have been here for, you know, about a year, two years. And I think obviously maybe for them, because, you know, it all depends where you come from in the first place. Um, they're, they're loving it here. It's very, very tropical. Whereas for us, we're lucky to come from a country where there's a bit of everything for us. We have dry, arid land. We have tropical, beautiful places right on our doorstep. Um, coming to Bali is, um, like I said, for surf, things are a bit cheaper and easy for us to, easier for us to maintain uh, this extended holiday, sort of. So this whole six months things. But I definitely do think it's doable to live here and stay here for longer. Um, with some of the other people I know, like from Australia and New Zealand, they've probably been here for a year or two. Um, they're all sort of um, online uh, people, digital nomads. Um, so that's definitely how you'd be able to sustain a lifestyle here is is if that is what you do, that's your forte, um, then, yeah. But for us, unfortunately, the money's running out. Um, and if we were to do this again, I think it would be, me uh hopefully uh going into the career that I want to doing writing and then that way we'd we'd come back and that's you know hopefully the plan um where I could work a bit and um yeah I think it is definitely sustainable so you guys saved to be able to do this extended holiday for six months how much would you say is a good amount of money to have a comfortable lifestyle for six months? Um, What would be a minimum? It's really hard um, to say because over the years, it has actually gotten a bit more expensive and we're actually a bit bit shocked. So when we got here, how much the prices sort of gone up in. Now you have to think in a way that we are an expat family. Um, So, where we're living in Chengdu, a lot of the cafes and restaurants and the houses and villas, you would live in a villa, are all catered to the expat community. So price-wise, they are putting up prices because of that. Um, so we save – sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> sorry. Um, how much would you think is a good amount of money to save for six months for a family to live comfortably? Yeah. So I, I, I will tell you that. And it, it is, when I think about it, it seems a bit ridiculous, but I don't know if this is for everyone, but for us, because we came here and we didn't work, um, we have probably now after about six months and you have to remember, you know, like anything, it's your accommodation that's going to cost the most. Now we're in a three bedroom villa with a pool. Um, it's quite a good size. It's in a nice area. Um, and where we live in Changu, things are a bit pricier and we're probably paying um, a bit more than we should and unfortunately, that's the way that prices are going around here. You pay a bit more than you really should uh, because there are the Balinese and with the way that they are promoting or trying to rent the villas, they don't really advertise a price. They just ask you what you're willing to pay. And because there are so many expats coming here and especially a lot of Europeans who are coming from places that, accommodation is just really expensive, you know, renting places and especially for us in Sydney. So they're throwing out prices that are actually more inflated 
than what the villas are actually worth. So we're paying a lot of money. And we knew that for six months we thought it was going to be generous to give ourselves about a budget of about 20000 Australian dollars. But when we started, you know, just, just for accommodation, when we started asking around and asking, you know, local agencies, we were quickly learning that it was going to cost us more than that. And people were asking for like thirty, forty thousand dollars, and it, we were just thinking this is ridiculous. And then we also realised that renting a place for six months costs more than renting it for a year. So if we, you know, we realise now that we probably would have been better off just renting something for a year because what we paid now for six months is about twenty six thousand um, dollars. You can get a place for like thirty or forty thousand dollars. Um, for a year and I don't know how that works or how they figure that out but I think they just prefer to have their villas rented out for the whole year so it just works out heaps cheaper so Hmm. for us that really against us that Um, is very good to know yeah so in the future I think we might just rent something for a year and you know, even if we're here for six months, then when we're back home, we'll just be like, say to our friends, hey, you know, there's loads of people that like to go to Bali. We've got lots of friends that like to go on holiday. You know, you want to stay in our, in our villa that we have, it's cheap, you know, and rent that out, you know, um, just for our friends doing something like that. And I think a lot of people do that here uh, because it is way better. It, and if you can do more of a shorter term lease, like a two or three year lease, then that's even better. You can get a better deal. But it's hard because you don't really know how long you're going to stay. So a lot of the expats only rent six months to a year at a time. Um, so that was the biggest expense. And then obviously with school, like I said, that was like five grand just for six months for my son's primary school. And then obviously there was my daughter um, for preschool. So look, and we didn't want to live a really tight on a tight budget here, it, this was an experience for us. It was an extended holiday. So we gave ourselves a generous budget, generous budget a week of a thousand Australian dollars. That was going to include everything from going to a beach club. If we felt like it going out for dinner, um, you know, and look, we, every now and then we have a meal, like maybe breakfast at home, but it very rarely happens. Um, and then if we wanted to go like, you know, there are amazing day spas here in Bali, so, you know, you've got to go for your massages, facials. So we included all of that. We didn't want to limit ourselves because this was an experience, right? So, you know, let's experience it. So $1,000 a week, um, that was including, like, grocery shopping as well. Um, and, look, this is going to sound ridiculous, but <laughs> we came up with a price of $80,000. Australian dollars. We already had saved $40,000, you know, over the years. That was in in our savings. And then we had to, for the next year and a half, save up the next $40,000. That is, that's very generous. And that's living an extended holiday of six months. It sounds crazy, but that was our choice. That's what we wanted to do. And yeah, look at it. And I'm, you know, obviously, if you're gonna, a lot of people who move here are gonna work. But I'm like one thing that really surprised me: Bali is not as cheap as it as it used to be. And that's eighty thousand Australian dollars. So that's less in euros right now, and less in US dollars. It will, if you put yeah. it in a, a currency converter, it'll be less scary. Yeah. So if you were like, look, if you were saying as Australian, if we. Were, saying $80,000 and I convert that right now, that's like, yeah, 50,000 euros. Okay. And that's 55,000 US. So when you came up with this number of $80,000. I fainted. You did? I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. And now that you've done it for six months, how do you feel about that number? It. I feel way more comfortable now because of the experience that we've had. And like I said, we didn't, we didn't go cheap. We, you know, and we didn't go super expensive. We thought we did what we thought was reasonable to have a really nice lifestyle here. 
And it's fine. It took me a long time to come to terms with it. And I thought, well, who spends that kind of money on like a six-month holiday um, in, in Bali, of all places, spending that kind of money? But, you know, and I thought, you know, surely we should invest our money and maybe, you know, let's buy, let's buy some property. Let's, let's invest it elsewhere. But, you know, my husband kept reminding me that this is an experience for our family, for our children. And, yeah, it's a lot of money, but what we're going to get out of it, you know, money can't buy that. And we're going to be so happy with, with what we're doing and, and that, you know, over time, you know, especially my son as well. He's at an age, he's eight now. And he's even said to me, you know, just a couple of weeks ago at his end of year school concert, he just looked at me and he looked at his school and how beautiful his school was. And we were talking about how amazing it was. And he just looked at me, he said, and he was crying. And he said to me, thank you so much for this amazing experience. And I mean, I'm going to cry just talking about it now but you know money can't I'm crying right that. now that's so I sweet I know to know that my eight-year-old son knows the value the true value of that is just amazing and money can't buy that and I'm you know I'm so glad that we did this so what has been better than you expected it to be um I don't know for some reason I thought that we would get because it it's it's not super clean in Bali um, I thought we might get like sick more often than we did. And look, yeah, there's the dreaded barley belly. It happens. Um, and I, look, I did, I got sick when we first got here, but look, I am really susceptible to everything, but you know what? The kids didn't get it once and I thought it would really affect them. And they just had everyday normal things like we would get back home. Like if, you know, like with starting with any daycare, there's the colds and the, and the fever and the viruses. So they've been sick a couple of times and, and that was it. And I was just really worried about, you know, doctors and, and hospitals. And, but that, everything, it was fine. Um, they, you know, everything, everyone's been quite healthy which has been great. Um, and then also for me, I knew the, f- the food. We, My husband and I were massive foodies. And there are just so many amazing restaurants and cafes and it's just blown me away. Honestly, I brag to everyone about how amazing the food culture is, is in, in Sydney. But here it's just, wow, it's it's next level. And that really to be able, especially when you're not working, that's one of our biggest things is like eating. So that has been, that culture has been amazing. And well, that's just, probably also, why you've been so well too. You're eating so well. The kids are oh, yeah, fresh definitely. juices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about the, the fruit, the, the smoothie bowls and their fresh juices. And it's all good food here. Um, so they've been the main thing, but a lot of them we can't, you know, a lot of stuff we kind of, we knew what to expect when we came here. So there weren't you know, really any big surprises or anything different to what we thought, um, you know. So, yeah. So have you ended up needing to go to a hospital or a doctor and how has that worked? Yeah, look, actually, yes, doctors, but hospital, no. Um, I That was one of, you know, the things I was kind of a bit worried about coming over here, but yeah, doctors fine. There's a lot of sort of private clinics here that cater to expats and tourists. Um, and you know, yeah, they're, they're private, but it, it's not super expensive. I think it's like, you know, $30 for a consultation. And then if you need any medication, I mean, it's not super expensive. So, and I find, you know, a lot of the doctors in the private clinics are Indonesian, but, they're, they've been great. Um, it's just been, you know, pretty simple stuff like um, an, an ear infection um, and then just basic things like when I got barley belly and I was just feeling so horrible. Um, but, yeah, nothing too – we've never had to see the doctor for anything too complicated or, or gone to the hospital. But, I mean, I've got friends that are – one of my girlfriends here just had a baby. So, you know – um, there are lots of different hospitals that do cater well to tourists and expats. So six months is over. 
or it's mm. com- the six months is coming to an end. How do you feel um, about leaving Bali? Like how is your son going to readjust to regular school and how are you going to adjust to regular life and how is your husband going to adjust to going back? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. I'm most worried about him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you know what? He's a a workaholic. So I think he's actually, he's looking forward to going back to work because he's just one of those people that doesn't deal well with not with, you know, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I'm like lying on by the pool, reading my book, thinking, I just love doing nothing. This is so good. And the kids are at school. It's bliss. But he's like, right, what can I do? This is so boring. And, you know, it, it, it drove him crazy a bit. I think it drove us crazy, you know, just being, having like nothing to do. So I think he's actually really looking forward to going back to work. As sad as that sounds. Um, and that, look, I think my son is really looking forward to going back to school. He misses his friends as much as it was a great experience here. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's just the main thing is just seeing his friends. And he's like really social and academically he does well. So it's chopping and changing, but it, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And for me... I don't know. It's, I think it's going to suck for a while. It's really going to suck. <laughs> um, and I'm going to miss it. I'm really going to miss it here. But, you know, the idea is for us to, to come back and, and do it all over again. So I've got that in the back of my mind. And that's something to really look forward to. Um, we know how well it works. Um, so I think for me, if I'm going to work, when I go back and that's something I haven't done for a while. So for me, it's going to be the biggest change. Uh, but everyone else, I think they're, they're good. They're good. And what advice would you have for listeners that are considering a move like this? Look, Bali is a great place to move to. I know it's not for everyone. Like it's it's a bit gritty. It's a bit grimy. Like, you know, um, it's not super clean, um, but if you're like really relaxed and, and chill and, you know, I think you're fine. There are some great things about this place. It is beautiful. Like you've got like Ubud, which is like a beautiful jungle. It's so green. And then if you go down really south, they do have like pristine, beautiful, clear water great snorkeling white sand and then you know then there's Chenggu, which is where we live and it's just like the best surf culture amazing waves great expat community and i feel like you've got the best of both worlds here you've got the beach look it's not the cleanest in the world and it has actually gotten a lot better than it used to a few years ago um and you've got like rice paddy fields mixed in with a lot of development. Development is happening fast in Bali. They're not allowed to build up too high. The general rule is you're not allowed to build higher than a coconut tree. So you don't have any high rises or anything like that. But with Chengdu, it's a good mix of like families. It's got the beach. It's got nice villas. But you've also got some rice paddy fields every now and then, which I really like, and that spaces things out. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it for, for people who want a more relaxed, tropical kind of lifestyle. And if you can deal, you've got to remember it's hot here, it's humid, if you can deal with that. But there's really nice expat community here and the Balinese people are just beautiful people in general. And, you know, people come here for a while and, you know, they, they plan to stay for three months, six months. A lot of families that I've talked to, and they've been here for like a year and two years. So Wonderful. Definitely. Well, one thing I forgot to ask you, you were yeah. talking about visas. Um, yeah. What do you do about a visa to stay there for longer? Yeah, so for us, because it, we weren't working or anything, we just um, we were on a social visa. And because we've been here for a few, a few times, we've made friends, Balinese friends and, um, you know, Australian friends. And with a social visa, if you, um, can, if you know someone that will sponsor you, like um, some friends, Balinese friends, 
then you can get a special uh, letter from them uh, saying that you just want to go and visit them and spend time. So I'm a social visitor and that lasts for <laughs> in total six months. So there's an initial like 60 days that you're allowed into the country. Then you've got to register with the immigration. Then uh, once you've registered with the immigration, then they renew your visa monthly. And you okay. can be on that visa for a maximum of six months. Now, there are some people here, um, they, they, so everyone, I think, in general, most countries get to have like a free, I think it's like 30 days. So you can come into the country, you get an automatic 30-day visa here as a tourist. And there are some people who like leave the country and then come back in every month, which is, you know, super expensive, but it, you know, you can go to like Singapore or Thailand. I mean, it's not that far. That's what a lot of people do. And then you just restart your visa again, or you get the six month visa or, um, a lot of the families, um, some of the families I know have actually have business partners here, um, Indonesian business partners. So they get like a, a Kitas visa, which is like a business visa. Uh, and that's like any sort of sponsorship kind of visa that you would get in any other country. Um, and then uh, there are some people that have started a business here as well. And so that's the, that's the Kitas visa that a lot of people who are, you know, employed, you can be employed here as well. But obviously, like any country, they have to advertise for the job first in Indonesia and then if not, they outsource it from, you know, internationally. Um, but they're sort of the main sort of the Kitas visa is the main visa that you sort of need to get whether you're employed or have you got a business. Um, yeah, but for us, we use the social visa. Okay. Did you find any good resources that helped you figure out the visas? The visas... Me, I'm someone who does a lot of research on my own. So just a lot of um, the embassies online, mm-hmm. the Indonesian embassy, which wasn't too far from where we lived, um, got a lot of information there and I could call them and talk to them about it, which was great. Um, and then also in terms of finding out about the visas, I spoke to a lot of people who lived, <coughs> excuse me, in Bali already. And just ask them what kind of visas they were on, how easy it was to get. And look, the good thing about Bali, there are so many Balinese visa agents that will help you. Okay. You just, yeah, there are heaps. Um, you know, obviously we've got our own agent here. There are heaps. And you pretty much just tell them what you want to do. If you want to move over here and, you know, still be able to work remotely or if you want to come here and just holiday for six months or they will tell you what the, the best thing is to do. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. And um, will you also send me a link, if you have one, of like a good place to look for long-term housing rentals? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, or was there just a site that you think is good better? The, the thing that we did, the really hard thing with Bali is finding accommodation when you're not here. The best thing to do is find it when you're here, but obviously not everyone can do that. So the best thing, what we did, okay, and this is super tricky, it's hard to do, but a lot of people just go through Airbnb and try and work out on negotiated price on Airbnb, but there are all those extra fees that Airbnb, like third parties that they do charge, and it's it can be super expensive. It can add like another ten to $15,000 on top of your accommodation. So we did a lot of detective work and tried to find out who these people were out of Airbnb. So we tried to like find them on Facebook and contact them. I know, you know, Airbnb would hate to know that people are doing this, but it's the only way to get around um, paying all those extra ridiculous fees because when you're staying at an Airbnb villa for like six months to a year, I mean, you know, the surcharge on top of that is is ridiculous. The the percentage that they're cut is just so much money. Um. So that, that's how we ended up being able to get a good deal. Otherwise, a lot of people will find it is expensive. Even if you, I even tried to go on like 
property property management, like, you know, real estate agents here and property managers here, I mean, they're asking ridiculous prices as well. And unless you can physically come here and go and look for a villa yourself, you're not going to get a good deal, unfortunately. And that's why it is so expensive now to live in, in Bali and, and to, get a, to get a villa. So unless you can be super sneaky like us and do your invest, investigative work, yeah, I think that, that's the only option. Unless you can get, you know, we did try and negotiate a lot of prices or the good thing I found is go on Airbnb and then see if you can find out their, the name, the actual name of the villa because every villa in Bali has their own name own unique name and if they some of those places have their own uh own websites and then you can contact the owners directly or the people who manage it directly and you can get a better deal that's very smart for them too i think a lot of those owners don't always want to work through airbnb either no well they don't and i've talked to a few owners and they said look you know this is how we advertise it because a lot of the villas are just for tourists a lot of holiday makers um and they you know they say how much uh, percentage is added on, on top and it's quite a lot of money, you know. So even some of the, you know, people have said to me, you know, if you want to contact me, you know, directly, that's how we've gotten around it. But, yeah, no one, neither party wants to pay the extra fees. Right. Well, thank you so much for all this great information. No worries. Happy to help. Yeah, I because I've looked into this too. Um, just okay. before I knew you were moving there, I wanted—I knew I wanted to interview someone in yeah. Bali because I've yeah. heard so many people like living there as digital nomads and stuff. And I had a really yeah. hard time finding like an actual blogger that was blogging about their experience and like. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I found that too because you know, as someone who you know, likes to write and, and has, you know, du- doubles in blogging. I found it really hard as well, especially like families. Yeah, exactly. If you would like to see more of Elisa's life and adventures in Bali, head over to the show notes where I've got a link to her Instagram account, which also has a link to her blog that she mentioned. If today's interview delivered the inspiration and information you were after, can you please remember to rate and review it right now in your podcast app? I would be so, so grateful. And go ahead and share it with anyone you know that might be interested. Big Dreams Bold Moves is always looking for more listeners. And thank you for hanging out with me today. Until next time, keep dreaming those big dreams and scheming bold moves.